Well, hello and welcome to Growing Up with Papa. My name is Jason Ashley and I'm your host and Papa to about a dozen of the best kids in the world. We'll be tackling everything from bullfrogs to nursing home residents and talking about all the stuff that we've learned along the way. So if you're all grown up, then well, you know how important it is during the quiet alone times in your life to be to be able to be happy with who you are and have a peace with decisions that you've made. And you might know how tough it is to live with shame and scars because, well, you didn't have somebody to help point you in the right direction. Well, it takes a lot of love and some heavy-duty, hands-on commitment to help point kids in the right direction. And we hope you get on board and enjoy this wild ride we call Growing Up with Papa. Hey, here we are right in the middle of super busy season. Now, it's not that there's nothing going on because we are super-duper busy. The kids are, we're squeezing in as much pond hopping and and gardening and all kind of stuff as we can in between time. But we're in the middle of youth camps, camp meetings, church camps, kid camps, all kind of stuff going on. We're fixing to head out to California as I'm recording this right here. So I've got a little bit of time, and I just wanted to read something from my phone. I take a lot of notes in my phone, and I'm not a very good oral communicator. I kind of sound like a kick and a hillbilly, I realize that by listening to these podcasts, but I do spend some time writing things and things that are revelatory and and are a uh, maybe a revelation that I have sometimes that I'll sit down and study out and type out, and this is one of many that I have, and I hope to share more in the future, but I entitled this one, Keeping the Light Burning, and the portion of scripture that I launched from was in 2 Samuel chapter 21 verses 15 through 17 and it's talking about King David when he was old and he went out to battle and it says moreover the Philistines had yet war again with Israel and David went down and his servants with him and fought against the Philistines and David waxed faint and Ishbibinob which was one of the sons of the giants the weight of whose spear weighed 300 shekels of brass in weight. He, being girded with a new sword, thought to have slain David. But Abishai, the son of Zeruah, succored him and smote the Philistine and killed him. Then the men of David swear unto him, saying, Thou shalt go no more out with us to battle, that thou quench not the light of Israel. Now the reason that I had wrote all this down was not... Uh, to give leadership direction or kind of where I thought that leadership should stand or be, but just the opposite, the direction that the followers and the ones that are under the leadership should view leadership. Because many times I've seen lots of people struggle with imperfections in the leaders and their positions in their lives. And so I got to thinking and, I got to looking and reading the Word of God, and this just kind of came to me one day, so I thought I would write it down. And I believe I have the proper perspective to view this often tripped-over obstacle. Now, I do not. I know a lot of people do, and this is this may get a little rough and gruff, 
I know a lot of people who battle mentally with overcoming character flaws and leadership, and that's not what we're here to talk about today, but I hope I can give you a better viewpoint that will help you understand our place under leadership. Now, I don't battle this, but I do know people just being personal friends with them that a lot of times battle overcoming character flaws and leadership and people that are over them in their life. And I understand the severity of the perception and the slippery slope that could lead to a constant struggle in accepting and fully following flesh and man that is flawed. But I feel that if we look at it from this perspective, this is the most perfect way, according to the Bible, to view and analyze our place as followers from the perspective that God intends. Now, knowing that a blinded and fully submissive sheep could fall prey to anything by the neglect of a sloppy shepherd, and contrarily, a critical and stubborn sheep would be impossible to lead towards God's green pasture, I pondered the right place to stand and view this process that God set in order. Is there a middle ground? Do sheep have a range of allowable tolerances to judge their leader? It's a hard place to navigate in our journey through the mountains and the valleys of life, but I feel like the key to approaching and handling and following leaders in our lives is the viewpoint from where we see the goal, the mission, and the mediator. Taking examples from the shepherd boy himself, David was a great leader, but not without poor decisions. Let's look through the eyes of three different followers of David, and we'll see that the three perspectives to view our response to leadership all depends on our personal goal. There are three reasons and end results that we all target when considering how we react to the prodding of our pilot. Number one, are we doing it to further or please or promote our own selves? Or number two, do we are we looking at it from the viewpoint of furthering, pleasing, or promoting the leader himself? Or number three, are we seeing it from the viewpoint of furthering, pleasing, or promoting the kingdom or the cause? See, we can view everyone's actions and responses through these three filters, I believe, and find that they always fit. Now, the first guy I wanted to look at was Ahithophel. Ahithophel was a counselor to David who, during the revolt of Absalom, reacted to his leader's apparent upcoming downfall by changing his loyalty to the new, obviously victorious leader. Ahithophel made his decision of desertion because of his target to further please or promote himself as the king's counselor. He was not loyal to the king, nor to the kingdom, but only to himself. And the end result was suicide because when we make decisions to maintain our own reputation and exalted position, Jesus said we shall be abased. Next person I wanted to look at was Uriah the Hittite. Now, Uriah, this was a hard place for me to view Uriah because I've always held him in such high esteem, and I just could not comprehend, understand his demise and how everything went when apparently he'd done everything he was supposed to do. But let's look at it from this position. How did Uriah view David, the leadership in his life? Was it from 
the first position we talked about to promote himself, obviously not to promote or please or promote the leader or to further please or promote the kingdom. Now, Uriah was the ultimate example of a blind leader pleaser, I believe. Uriah was apparently not making decisions to promote himself. And if he was adamant about furthering or promoting the kingdom and the cause, well, then he would have went back to the battlefield, I believe, instead of David's doorsteps. Think about that. He met his demise because he sought to please the man instead of what he thought the man's mission was. David's mission was disoriented at the time because of his sin, so the loyalty to the man who was off course instead of the course itself became Uriah's death. Paul said it like this. He said, follow me as I follow Christ. Christ is our goal. If the leader between us and Christ errs, God will take care of it, and he'll take care of us too if we're following him. Now, the last person I wanted to look at was a guy named Abishai. Abishai is one who stood, in my opinion, in the perfect position and rightly viewed his goal and relationship with his leader. And we read the scripture text where he saved his leader. I want to ask why Abishai did this. As David was being overwhelmed and overcome by the giant Ishbibinob, Abishai didn't look at his old and weak leader and criticize his inabilities. He didn't recognize David's lack of leadership skills, or he didn't become discouraged because time had taken a toll on his strength. He didn't see David's defeat as a chance to promote himself or another friend. Abishai's goal was to preserve the kingdom, to fight for the cause, to do whatever it took to ensure victory for the children of God. He didn't judge belittle or think less of the light of Israel, he simply made a decision to further the kingdom. The perspective is not, is it too far to the left or too far to the right? I think the perspective should not be, well, I think we just stay in the middle ground or balance, but I believe the viewpoint should be from an active member in the army of God. We are soldiers who fight for a cause and not a person, not for self-promotion, There's one enemy who will be defeated and one light who will be exalted. And we cannot allow ourselves the undeserved privilege to judge leadership and make decisions based on our interpretation of their abilities. If we react according to the viewpoint of Abishai, we remove opportunities to become offended and hurt over the actions of the leaders. So let's work together to keep the light shining bright. A leader is the person who stands between us and our goal, leading the way. If you have a problem with your leader, check your goal. It may be that your goal is not his goal, and it may be that your goal is self-preservation or that your focus needs to be adjusted to aim for the goal that's past your leader, through your leader. Whoa, Boots, when you hear that sound, that means it's time for Hair and the Biscuit. That's right, just a little something you wasn't expecting that we gonna pull out and check out before we go any further. All right, get ready, Boots, here we go, Hair and the Biscuit. For Hair and the Biscuit today, I'm gonna tell a story that my leader's leader, his dad, Pastor Wells, he told the story, and I believe I heard Brother Perry Wells tell it himself. But it was hilarious. 
It was, I don't think, I guess it could have been a true story, but it was probably more of a fable. And Brother Perry Wells was full of this kind of stuff. He told the story of a man back in the day when men worked and had to work hard to make a living and survive and to provide for their families. This man just was not that. And the community, like they would, just got fed up with a man not providing for his family. And they saw his poor little kids doing without and his poor old wife having to scratch and while he just laid around and wouldn't work. So the, all the community got together and they got the man gathered up and they decided they was fixing to take care of him once and for all. So they throwed him in an old wagon with a lid on it that he couldn't get out of and they was driving him to the courthouse square where the noose was hanging high above the courthouse square and everybody was going to see this is what happens when you don't take care of your family and we're we're not putting up with this guy's laziness anymore well they was on their way to the courthouse for the big hanging when along came a guy with a whole wagon load of fresh pulled corn this guy had been working and apparently he had plenty and he had more than enough for himself, so he stopped the guys and said, well, what's going on here? And they told him all about the good for nothing that they had in their trailer. And he said, well, I hate to see a man die for that. He said, uh, I'll tell you what, I'll give him this whole wagon load of corn if, if y'all just won't hang him and he can feed his family and, and then he can live to see another day. Maybe he'll be changed and the man Thought about it a second and spun around and looked at the man through the bars in the wagon and said, well, what do you think? And the guy peered through the bars and looked over at that wagon load. He said, is it shucked and shelled? And the man that just pulled, spent all day pulling it in the hot field said, well, no. <laughs> so he turned back to the man and said, drive on. <laughs>